Kenneth Hargens made it through the flood of June 9, 1972, with home intact and loved ones safe. When the call for volunteers came, Kenneth stepped up, taking on the grim task of searching debris for the deceased. My name is Kenny Hargens. This incident, June 9, 1972, that was a, uh, it was a Friday. And um, at that time, uh, I lived over on a, a house over on 5th Street, about a block from the uh, 1902 Cathedral. And I worked for uh, Godfrey Brake. Godfrey Brake at that time was located down on uh, Omaha Street, kind of across from the Buick Garage, which I believe now is Gateway Car Sales. It was um, kind of a rainy, gloomy day. But it was my birthday, and my spouse and I at the time decided that we would go out to a place called Canyon Lake Club, which was on the edge of Canyon Lake. It was kind of a collection of buildings that weren't very attractive. It no longer exists. There's an attractive building out there now that I believe houses some uh, professional offices, uh, law offices maybe. But anyway, we'd made plans to go out there, and uh, my son was uh, two years old at the time. And our paper girl was normally our uh, babysitter, so... I don't recall her name. Anyway, uh, we engaged her as a babysitter, and she came over, and we got in my pickup and uh, headed out towards Canyon Lake, and it was raining and dark, and we got out to Bacon Park. I believe it was about 9 o'clock in the evening. We got out to Bacon Park, and the water was coming over the parking lot, and it was flowing water, so it was not just uh, water from the rainfall. Anyway, uh, apparently the creek had started overflow. And um, we thought, well, maybe we should reconsider celebrating my birthday at Canyon Lake Club. So we uh, turned around, we went downtown, and uh, we went across Fifth Street Bridge. And at that time, the water was about a half an inch below the deck of the bridge. It was just on the verge of uh, coming over the bridge, and there was a lot of tree limbs and things like that floating down the creek and, and stuck in underneath the creek where they couldn't pass through. So we drove around a little bit, and then uh, we went back home and, and discharged and paid off the babysitter, and then we uh, watched TV or listened to the radio, and, and then we went to sleep. And the next morning, when we woke up, uh, it was partially sunny, and it was strangely quiet outside. Um, the only thing I can equate that silence to was the day after the 9-11 incident in New York, and um, there was very little traffic, and we turned on the radio, KOTA radio, and they said that there had been a flood in Rapid City, and people were asked to stay home. So I walked downtown, and um, I crossed St. Joe, and there was a debris in St. Joe downtown, and uh, it was like uh, trash cans, some um, logs, tree limbs, things like that. And there was... Um, that was St. Joe. On the other street, Main Street, there is more of that. And the closer I advanced downtown towards Rapid Creek, the more debris there was. So I walked around, and then uh, there was a lot of cars in the creek. There was cars on um, Omaha Street. And um, I walked over to uh, Godfrey Break, and there were no garage doors left. It appeared that the water had come in one side and out the other, taking the garage doors out. And so anyway, I went home and um, told my spouse at the time about it, and uh, we uh, got my pickup, and we drove around limited to, uh, we didn't want to uh, 
interfere with any uh, rescue efforts or anything. And we li continued to listen to the radio, and they said that there were many deceased persons and things of that sort. Fortunately, we had a, um, a food locker in our basement, and uh, we had plenty of food. So we went back home, continued to listen to the radio, and some friends came by. And uh, I believe the next day or a day after that, a notice went out that uh, volunteers were being asked to uh, report to a location to uh, assist with uh, uh, flood cleanup and uh, search for victims. So I engaged myself in a um, search party with some Air Force people. I must mention that I'd only been out of the Army about a year at this time. So I uh, got with these Air Force people, and our first job was to walk from the West Boulevard Bridge, that was our second job. No, our first job was to walk to the um, golf course out by Canyon Lake. And there was heavy, heavy debris in there. We had to avoid at least one house that was right in the middle of the street. The house had washed up on the street, almost like it had been placed there deliberately. And at that time, we um, started to encounter some bodies. And um, I was the only person that had hip waders on, so I would wade into the creek and... Uh, as far as I could, the water flow was still pretty, pretty high, pretty strong. So, you know, with the assistance of people on the other side of the creek, we uh, recovered these bodies and, and took them over to uh, the north side of the creek towards the, towards the road there. So we did that for a day. Then the next day, our search uh, took us from the West Boulevard Bridge towards Bacon Park. And once again, I had my hip waders and I had a uh, broomstick. And the purpose of the broomstick was to... Um, probe inside these submerged cars. Nearly all the submerged cars were right side up. And uh, probing inside the cars was to discover if there were any bodies in there or anything like that. And um, the first few cars, there was nothing. As a matter of fact, they were, they were pretty full of uh, sand and gravel. My second car, just past Black Hills Pack, I probed inside the car and I met with resistance and uh, the broomstick would go forward and it would be uh, forced back. And I, I, I thought that there was a body in there. So I felt inside the car and it turned out it was the front seat, the back of the front seat. And every time I, it was uh, had, had air trapped in it, and every time I pushed on it, there was some resistance and it would spring back. So we were happy that uh, there was nobody in that car. Anyway, we continued on up to Bacon Park and did not encounter any bodies there. We went back down by uh, Black Hills Pack, and, and we had lunch there. And at that time, there was a pond across Omaha Street that had been used many, many years ago by the Warren Lamb Lumber Company as a pond to place their logs in. But it wasn't very deep. It was always full of debris, and there was bushes and stuff growing in there. But it was full of water, and we did recover a body out of there. So things were looking pretty grim, and... Uh, I think I took a day off, and then the next day, um, the next time that we went out on a search party, we started at the um, Elks Club out in Rapid Valley, and we walked up the creek, and um, we only, in our search area, we only encountered one person, one deceased person. That was a, was a young boy, I think about maybe 12 years old, and he was in a tree, partway up a tree. The water had been uh, that, that high out there. Rapid Creek was uh, kind of shallow out there, but still he was probably four feet above the uh, level of the water. So um, after that, we uh, 
we thought we should get out of town, so we uh, went down to my folks' place. I grew up in Custer State Park, and my mom and dad were still living down there. So we went down there, and we spent two or three days down there before we went back to Rapid City. Things were uh, looking better. The debris was being cleaned up. There was a um, two locations to put automobiles. One of them was um, near the railroad tracks out by where Purdue Furniture is. And the other location was right where the uh, post office is today. And there was a huge, huge pile of cars there. A lot of the cars had no visible damage on them at all. One car I remember clearly was a 1940 Willys Coupe. That automobile today is worth about $180,000. They're very, very collectible car. And um, there was a machine there, um, a grapple, that would stack these cars up, and they were stacked up pretty high. And, and I think a lot of people um, just had old cars they didn't want and just brought them into that location to be disposed of. And as I said, the other location was um, out where Purdue Furniture is now, and it was a um, comparable um, in size. Uh, the pile was comparable in size to what was down there where the post office is now. Uh, the streets were um, being opened by now. It was uh, maybe four or five days after the flood, and uh, some friends of ours came over. Matter of fact, they might have stayed overnight with us because they didn't have a house. They were living in a trailer house down um, where the polo fields are, down by Rapid Creek. And uh, their house was complete, their mobile home was completely gone because they had received word to evacuate. And we drove around and we found their mobile home on a stack of other mobile homes where a Rapid Creek passes uh, Campbell Street. There's a bridge there and it was completely clogged up and uh, the debris in the mobile homes had, had uh, covered both sides of the creek there. So they were pretty surprised at, to see their house there. I um, went back to work, of course. I went back to work for a, a company called uh, Universal Transport. There was no uh, work at uh, Godfrey Brake because they, uh, businesses like that were soon relocated to out of the floodplain. And uh, there were uh, some other businesses, I recall. There was an uh, interesting uh, business called uh, Coney Island, which was on, a, on an island in the middle of Rapid Creek between Godfrey Brake and where, like where Ace Hardware is or West Boulevard, and uh, I believe that that business was completely wiped out. There were a lot of businesses in the area of the Civic Center. There was at least a one motorcycle shop in there, a lot of houses and stuff, and all that stuff was gone. It was a very uh, unfortunate situation that uh, these people had perished, and um, people should realize that they should respect the uh, the fact that there is a floodplain through Rapid City and uh, there should be no building in there. So floods have occurred throughout history in the Black Hills. It's uh, just a ever-present danger that people should be aware of. Kenneth Hargan celebrates his birthday during a somber day in South Dakota history as he was born on June 9th. His family are longtime residents of Hot Springs. Ken was raised on the site of the historic Galena Creek School in Custer State Park. He is a graduate of both the South Dakota School of Mines and Technology in 1996 and of South Dakota State University in 2006. Ken served in the Army and Army Reserve for over 37 years. These days, Ken gives historical talks and writes newspaper and magazine articles about Black Hills history.